John chapter 8, verse 7. If you have it, say, mm-hmm. It says, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again. In other words, he had already stood up. He had already tried to say something. But he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Let he who is without sin be cast first stone. Father, once again, be with us. Remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. That he that has an ear, let him hear. In Jesus' name. We all said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them anger management. <laughs> then you may be seated. Have you ever been in a situation where you're about to get heated, I mean, just frustrated, I mean, just like, you're angry, just so angry, and you're, I mean, you're getting so frustrated, and then all of a sudden, you got proven wrong. You're like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. I'll be honest. It's happened to me. Like, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. Oh, that is right. Oh, well, never mind. Well, that's exactly what happened to the Pharisees here in this story. They were coming at Jesus. They were angry and they were frustrated. What happened was they were trying to make a judgment call on an adulterous woman. This woman that was caught in adultery. Pastor Toby just spoke about this the other day. And this woman who was caught in adultery, in other words, it wasn't hearsay or they heard about it. No, they actually witnessed her being caught in adultery. So in other words, they were right. She needed to be judged and she needed to be judged now. Something had to happen now. And so they brought this woman to Jesus and here goes Jesus says, okay, okay, okay. All right already. I heard you the first time. But if you ain't got no sin, go ahead and stone her. Right? Because that, that's why he said cast the first stone. Because they were supposed to stone her. They were supposed to kill her. So all of a sudden, the Bible says that one by one, they left. You know what I find? I find it very interesting, even in Christianity. Many people are just like these Pharisees. Where they get so angry, but they can't control it, they leave. They leave the situation. They take off. Now, these men left physically. But I have found that a lot of people leave mentally. They leave spiritually. They leave angry because they can't, they're not getting their way. Let me ask you a few questions just real fast. Have you ever seen a child get angry? I got four children. I have seen a child or two or three or four get angry. When a child gets angry, you know, the, I, I had one. I'm not going to say his name, but Elijah, he would, <laughs> when he was younger, he doesn't do it anymore, because believe me, we give him, we spare not the rod. And so, when he was younger, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe he saw it on TV, but he would fall on the floor, ah, start kicking, and I would go, what in the world is this kid doing? 
it's an, ah, start yelling and screaming. Ah! And you see, when you, you can tell when a kid gets angry. The crazy thing is, is that I see a lot of adults take that into their adulthood. Wow, you're 45, chill out. You ever seen a teenager get angry? I remember I, I used to play basketball when I was in the UTC, and we had this guy. His name was Red. That was his name. His name was Red. He had red hair, red freckles, and he would get hot. He was an athlete. He was a very good athlete. And so I showed up. He had already been there for some time, and I showed up, and he wanted to play me in basketball. He heard I was pretty good. I go, yeah, I'll play you. And so we played, and he got heated. He got mad. He got so mad, right? Because I'll be honest, I beat him. And I, but he got mad. He got so mad. I remember he pushed me. Now, mind you, we're Christians. We're in the training center. We're loving the Lord. We're studying about Jesus Christ. But I will kick you with my size 10, right? Like that's how he felt. And he got so mad. He goes, he pushed me, and he was ready to size up, and he's taller. This guy was actually about 6'1", six, 6'2". Six he was pretty athletic. He was, he was really good. I just beat him that day. I just had a good day. But he was so mad. The reason why he was mad was because this is what he thought. And he told me later, he goes, I didn't think anybody from the church can beat me. He goes, I had a worldly mentality. He told me that later. At that time, he didn't think like that. He really wanted to whoop me. He goes, I don't care if you're a PK. I'll whoop you right now. Dang, bro. So they, you know, they had to separate us. I was like 19. They, they separated us. And I just remember I walked away. I go, well, I guess this PK just whooped you. And he got even more mad. I did kind of provoke him a little bit. God was dealing with me, okay? God was dealing with me. When you, when you see, have you ever seen a mom get mad? Or how about this? Have you ever seen a dad get mad? When the dad gets mad, oh, my gosh. You know, mom's mad, like, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. But when dad gets mad, get out of the way. Did you know, I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. Did you know that the average person loses 25% of their IQ when they get angry? 25% of the IQ when you get angry. Now, this is very important because the average IQ in America is 100, right? 100%. That's the average IQ. Mental retardation, according to, you know, research, is 70, right? That's 70. So if you get angry and you lose 25% of your IQ, 25 from 100 is you're that much closer to mental retardation when you get angry. Have you ever seen anybody get so angry they made the best choice of their life? Right? See, the very hard thing about somebody who has an angry fuse is that it's very hard to call anger, anger. So what do we do? We masquerade this anger and we call it, oh, it's just, I'm just being irritable. They're just being irritable. Or just, you know, touchy. You know, they're just real touchy. Oh, no, no, he's just short-tempered. You ever, you ever seen that before? Oh, just short-tempered. Or you ever heard like, oh, well, that's, that's just so-and-so being so-and-so. 
You know, that's, that's just John being John, just the way that he is. He's just a short-tempered guy. No, actually, the truth of the matter is that your body cannot uh, take and handle being angry all of the time. It can't take it. Your body is not meant to be angry all of the time. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been so angry that your body feels it? Your body just feels it. When your adrenaline gets going, the reason why your adrenaline gets going is because the blood that was in your brain is leaving the brain and going to the muscles that are ready to fight. So that's why it stands to reason the blood is leaving the brain, so is your decision-making. And your decision-making is going to your wrong place. And all of a sudden, your fists start thinking for you. Or in a worst-case scenario, your tongue starts speaking for you. It's hard to make clear decisions when you get angry. It's very difficult to be able to do that. Now, some of you guys, you made a great choice even though you were angry when you woke up this morning. Oh, my gosh, it's so hot. I don't want to go to church. But somehow, some way, you put some water on your face. You made it here. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, you're here. So you got over that hump. That's good. The word anger in the Greek, in the New Testament, is orge, orge. This word means passion, passionate indignation, passionate indignation to reach out after, desire earnestly, or to covet after. In other words, anger is not a bad thing if you use it correctly, which we're about to see in just a little bit. Now, this is very important. Now, for those of you that love the scriptures, you're going to love it today because I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. If you've never taken notes, today's the day to take notes. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. Tell your neighbor a lot of scriptures. It's kind of good when the preacher uses scriptures. It's kind of a good thing, right? So we're going to use some scriptures here today, and uh, hopefully it will help you, and you will say, oh, it wasn't the pastor. It was the scripture. Exactly. That's what we're going to talk about. So here, actually, I gave you the term in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when they use the word anger, many times it's actually a word, same word, that is translated to intense sexual passion. In other words, what I'm trying to relay here, and what I'm trying to say is that somehow we have put the words anger and mad, and we've put them on the same level when in reality they're not. Anger and mad are not the same words. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, In your anger, do not sin. In your anger. So in other words, you're going to get angry. Just don't turn that anger into madness. Don't turn the anger into madness. I watched a movie one time and you know, in, in the movie, this messenger is supposed to come and deliver a message, and all of a sudden, things get out of control. And the messenger goes, this is crazy. This is madness. And the other guy goes, no, this is Sparta. And what does he do? Kicks him in a hole. This is madness. Exactly. Things are getting out of control. And when things get out of control, lives are at stake. You got to control these certain things. Did you know that the Bible says that even God has his anger? 
Psalms chapter 30, verse 5 says this. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. If you want to write them down, take them on your notes, put them on your iPad, your iPhone, your III, whatever you got, go ahead and put it there. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only for a moment or even a season, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. See, even God himself gets passionately indignant about certain things. But what I love is that his mercies override that. His mercies, look at the Bible says his anger is only for a season or only for a time, but his mercies endure forever. See, your passionate feelings are very similar to your angry feelings. Passionate feelings and angry feelings are very similar. But look, at, let me share this with you. This is very important. The feeling of anger has to do with escape. The feeling of passion has to do with embrace. The feeling of anger has to do with escape. Remember, I shared with you the scripture before. And the Bible says one by one they left. They were so angry, they didn't know how to deal with their emotion. So the Bible says they left. Well, I'm out of here. I don't want to hear anything this teacher has to say after that because she was supposed to be judged. So in anger, they left. And usually when somebody's angry, they leave. You know what? I'm just out of here. I don't even want to deal with this. I'm done. But a passionate person... When they're dealing with something, they come in and say, yes, that's exactly what I've been longing to hear, whether it's good or even whether it's a correction. Thank you for that. I'm upset, I'm angry, but I needed to hear that. Passion embraces. I used to live in San Diego, and when we first got there, the, uh, I started talking with this one guy who was telling me his stories. He's a diehard, diehard, diehard Charger fan. I don't know how they are now that the Chargers left San Diego. I feel bad for them now. I really do. Like, oh, that's, that's messed up. But, hey, they left. They're in L.A. now. So the Chargers, and he was telling me his stories. He was dying. I mean, he's got a lightning bolt tattooed right here. I mean, he's diehard. This guy's like diehard. Just, he would, I mean, he would wear Charger ties to church, Charger hat. I mean, just char everything Chargers. So we're talking stories. I first got there. And we first started telling me, oh, yeah, the charges, man. And, man, you know, he's all, you know what? Man, I, I still feel a little hurt from 94. I go, oh, I'm a Niner fan. Oh, I'm a Niner fan. Oh. The Niners beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl in 1995, actually. It was 1995. They beat them. And so when I told him that, I go, oh, I'm a Niner fan. He goes, oh, oh. The scar just came up. You know what he told me? He said that after the Super Bowl, he, you know, he was able to express. This was some years later, he was still a little hurt. He told me that day after the Super Bowl when the Chargers lost, he went into his room and didn't come out for a week. Now, I went, just like everybody else, I was like, oh. But in my mind, I'm like, nah, he's exaggerating, right? You're like, oh, wait, come on, give me a break. You got to go to work. His wife came over, and I asked her. I go, hey. Your husband told me that he went, you know, we were, I thought it was a joke. Hey, you know, we're going in there. And he told me that when they, you know, the Chargers lost, she goes, oh, yeah, he was depressed. He didn't leave his room for a week. I go, oh, that's not a joke? She goes, oh, no. I actually had to go make the dinner and the food in the kitchen and bring it to him into the room. I went, for reals? She goes, yeah, no, he was depressed. He didn't leave for a week. Because when you're so angry, you want to escape. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't call me. Don't say nothing to me. I don't want to hear anything. I'm just so mad. You can't control 
the feeling. And if you're not careful, you can lose what God is trying to do even in your anger. You can miss it. But, oh, no, this is, this is the way that I, this is how I, just how I grew up. This is just the way that it was. No, you learned it, and anything you learn, you can unlearn. You learned how to be, that's a behavior, and you could change that behavior. And so what we're going to do right here, right now, we're going to learn how to deal with that behavior. So what does the Bible say about anger? This is very important. I see this a whole lot when I drive on the freeway almost every day. I see people who do not know how to deal with their anger. You ever have that one person at your job, you just show up and you know without a shadow of a doubt, they probably woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and if you see them, they're going to let you know. I don't know what it is, but listen, as Christians, we need to be the light, not the darkness. So in other words, don't embrace the darkness, but learn how to embrace the passion that God has given you. Okay, Psalms chapter 37, verse 8. I'm going to give you guys a lot of scriptures, and then we're going to go from here. Psalms chapter 37, verse 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Let's give you another scripture. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17. A, quick person, a quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. In other words, if you lose 25% of your IQ, it kind of stands to reasons that foolish things are going to happen. Right? I used to love that song, What a Fool I've Been. I messed up because of all the things that I did. Man, I was foolish. I did so much foolish stuff. Is there anybody here that you did some foolish things before you got saved? Some of you are probably like, I did a foolish thing this morning. I didn't. But it's okay. God's got something for you, even in your foolishness. God says that he has chosen the foolish things of the world. Now, this is very important because a quick-tempered and mischievous person are tied together. Be very careful of those mischievous people. Because the Bible says that they're up to no good. Be very, very careful when it comes to that. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. Here's another scripture. Better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. In other words, it is harder to control the temper or your anger than it is to take a city. That's crazy, huh? Like, wait a second, no, we're, we're going to take a city. We're going to take, okay, before you take the city, take your soul and put it under control. Take that attitude and make it submissive unto God. No, 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 no. I'm a warrior. Yeah, but you're a warrior who doesn't know how to battle in the spirit. Right? We're talking about anger. Anger is a spirit. And if you're not careful, that spirit can overtake you. And then all of a sudden, here, you, here we are, years later, asking God, God, forgive me for what I did years ago in anger. When you could have just dealt with it in the first place. That's why a lot of times, even within us, as people, we come to the altar, God, take, take the situation away. And God's saying, no, I don't want to take the situation away. I want to take your spirit of anger away. Let's deal with that. See? This is something that's very important, is that if we're going to conquer anything, first we must conquer ourselves. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. I'm going to give you two translations. One is in the NIV, it says, A person's wisdom yields patience. 
It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. See, now we're starting to get with how to deal with this stuff here. In the New Living Translation, it says, Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. I deserve respect. Well, do you know how to control your anger? See, that's, that's what I love about uh, certain men and women that I have even within my life. They're already older in age. They're, 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 they're ready. They understand. They've, they're seasoned in experience. They're seasoned in situations. And so you got these 70, 80, and even 90-year-olds that are able to share. And uh, many times when you talk with them and you say, hey, this is happening. You ever see the reaction? They go, ah, no big deal. Right? Because that's wisdom. They understand. Oh, bro, if that gets you mad, <laughs> bro, you got some issues. Like, how are you going to let that get you mad? But a wise person, and understanding, the Bible says here that a sensible person who controls their temper earns the respect by overlooking wrongs. Our drama that we used to do, the whole first scene that we, we used to have, we would do based upon, we're not even sure if it's true, but based upon the gangs, how they were started in jail because they said that one guy stepped on one guy's boot in a mess hall. And that's how this, you know, certain type of rivalry happened. Hey, you stepped on my boot in the mess hall. I'm going to hate you forever. Oh, my gosh. You mean to tell me because somebody stepped on your shoe that you want to knock them out? It's a shoe. You'll get another one. And if you can't get another one, come to me. I'll buy you another one. It's a shoe. And it sounds funny, but I've seen a lot of people, you bumped me on purpose. I said, no, you did that. I saw you. I have eyes in the back of my head. I saw you do that. You saw him do that, right? See, now all of a sudden, anger becomes contagious. See, I'm mad at him. I'm mad at her. Now you need to be mad at her. You need to be mad at him because we're angry together. See, now you would think that in the kingdom of God that we would have people who would know how to forgive because the Bible says that we must forgive 70 times 70. We must be able to do that. But for whatever reason, things like this don't always happen. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Solomon is basically saying this at the end of his life, that people who let anger rule their life and sit right in front of them, they're foolish people. Basically because they can't control it, it gets them angry. I mean, think about this. This is Solomon who said this. This is the, this is the same man who had a whole lot of women in his life. The Bible says he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. My God. I got two little girls. I got just got two little girls, and sometimes they're pulling on my shirt, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Like, oh, my gosh. I felt you the first time. Okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay, I get it. This guy had 700 wives. Thank you, Apostle Paul, for telling us we only need one. Hallelujah. And he says it to the women, too. He says, hey, you only got your husband. That's your husband. Deal with him because he's a handful. Well, it doesn't say that, but in my translation, that's what it says. Anger resides in the lap of fools. Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. Now we're getting into something that's a little bit different here. 
It says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Stop right there. What? Now, this is very important. Who's judgment? Who's making the call? This is very important because a lot of people think, well, I'm angry, and I, I have a right to be angry. Okay. If that's what you think, what does the Bible say? It says, again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of fire and hell. Okay, so now we're going a little bit beyond respect, right? Overlooking, you know, wrongdoings. You want respect? Overlook wrongdoings. That's going to help you. But now we're going a little bit beyond there. Now we're talking about fire and hell. The word raka is the same expressive word of indignation or contempt. It was used as a term of reproach. The word raka comes from a terminology to spit on. So it means to be spat on. If that person that ever used it thought the man he spoke of deserved to be spit on, they would say raka or raka. So now we're talking about somebody who spits on you. In other words, they spit on your name. They spit on who you are. They spit on what you represent. You spit on that. Now we're talking about the endangerment of your soul. First we're talking about respect. Now we're talking about where does your soul go? This is very important. I hope you guys are getting this right now. This is pretty, this is crazy stuff. James chapter 1 verse 19. Look at this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Just right there. I could stay right there for a long time. I'm not. That's a three-step process. What do you want to be able to do? You should be quick to listen. Everybody say, quick to listen. Then it says, slow to speak. So somebody say, slow to speak. Then say, slow to become angry. What I like about that is that it says, you sh- it doesn't say you should not be angry. It says be slow to be angry. Be cool. Be very cool. Even when you first hear the news. You ever heard a devastating news that can make you angry like that? You ever heard so? Oh! So, I mean, and the Bible's talking about that. You're going to hear about devastation all around you, and it's going to get you righteously indignated. Somebody must do something. Oh, okay, hold on. Slow down. Think about this. Don't lose 25% of your IQ right now. Chill out. Be cool. Be slow to get angry. But you should know what they did. I get that. I understand that. Be slow. Be cautious. When you drive up and down these streets, there are certain streets where people put out signs and they have little flags and little uh, 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 silhouettes shaped of a kid. You ever see those? School zone, right? Kids playing here. The reason why they're saying that is they're saying, look, we understand this is a street, but you need to slow down on this street. Don't drive faster. You can drive, but drive slower. So here's a sign telling you, chill out. So look, if something comes your way, what some of you need to understand is, look, you need to see the sign. Look, look, you could still get angry, but slow down. Chill out because you are endangering your soul if you're not careful. You can send your soul to a place of fire and hell, even in your anger. Be very, very careful. See, here it shows the principle of sowing and reaping. 
See, even if you didn't mean it, you still sowed the seed. Be very careful if you sow the seed in anger. Be very careful with that. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do not associate with one easily angered. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. See, so now we're talking about what I just talked about earlier. All of a sudden now anger is contagious. When I, I remember when I first got saved, they, they used to always share this over the pulpit. They used to share it over the pulpit, and they said, hey, you got to be very careful with the relationships that you now have because if you're moving forward with Christ, some of your friends are not moving forward with Christ. you got to be very, very careful. Not saying cut them off. What we're saying is you need to move in a direction, and if they're not moving in your direction, be very careful, or they will snare up your spirit. You too can get entangled with that stuff. We never tell people, hey, you need to cut them off. Now, unless there's sin, if there's sin, we'll tell you right away, hey, if I were you, I would cut that off. Uh, don't, don't play around with sin. But here we're talking about a spirit that can cause you to sin. See, but we, we kind of mask it. Oh, no, 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 they're just being irritable. No, 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 that's anger. Be, just call it what it is. Oh, well, that's just, jo that's just John being John. No, 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 he's angry. And every time he gets angry, you get angry. You need to be very careful with that. Not every, we don't need a bunch of hulks running around here. You don't want to see me when I get angry. Oh, no, no, you're exactly right. Chill. The Bible's saying here that the spirit of anger is contagious. See, it's easier to deal with many times to be angry than it is to deal with the emotion of loneliness, hurt, or even depression. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 says, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. In other words, throw the spirit away like it's garbage. Throw it away like it's garbage. Have you ever been in a house filled with people? And when you live with a bunch of people, you go to the garbage, you throw stuff away, you come back the next day and you go, oh my gosh, how did this thing get filled? I live in a house with a bunch of people, and I remember I've opened it up, I've thrown some garbage away, I've come back within maybe even sometimes a couple hours. What in the world just happened here? I barely just threw one piece of garbage away. How did this get filled? The Bible says you need to treat that, your spirit of anger, like garbage. Throw it away. And the reason why you need to throw it away is because don't worry about it. It's going to get filled again. Don't worry. You, you'll be able to get angry at something else. Trust me. Something else. Will, keep breathing. You'll get angry at something. You'll get angry. You just need to learn how to deal with that garbage. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. Almost done right here. Just... Two more scriptures and we're done. 29 verse 11 says, Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. You ever heard of those people? I'm just saying. I just Somebody's got to say it. Actually, nobody has to say it. We don't know. It's actually not that big a deal. No, no. I got, somebody had to say it. Somebody got to Actually, no. Actually, fools vent their anger, but the wise know how to quiet their tongue. Keep it cool. Now, I'm going to transfer it in today's day and age. Fools 
type whatever they want on Facebook. Well, I'm just saying, 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 just, somebody's got to say it, I'm just going to say it. Now, this is a side note. Maybe I'll talk about it another day. You ever notice when they just keep saying they? Man, these people, that person, they. They never say their name. They just say they. We don't know who they are, but they is getting them very mad. So they must express their anger. The Bible says if you do have an issue with somebody, to go talk to them. If you see something that there's sin going on, then you need to go speak with them. And I'm going to tell you right now, Facebook is the devil's playground in many situations. And if you don't know how to get involved with that playground, if I were you, I would just get off it. Get off the playground. Because people will want to play with your emotions. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you this. And then they go back and go, oh, oh, look at this. Look at the, look at the, oh, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. I'm going to, oh, 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 Well, if that's what you want to say, I'm just, oh, my gosh, what in the world is going on here? Because when we read it, we read it real nice. But we know that behind the post, you're like, oh, 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 oh. If I saw her right now, boom, she would just get a size 10. I would anoint her. Many years ago, there was this craze that was going around. I mean, it was huge. And... It was having to do with boxing therapy. I don't know if you remember. They had these boxing dummies. They'd come out, and they would say, this is what's going to help your anger. Get a boxing dummy and just, you know, hit it. Wow. You know, bah. All right, bah. 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 All right, bah. Well, you know what they actually found out of the statistics came out? Is that the people who got the boxing dummy got more angry than they were before they started hitting it? Crazy, huh? Oh, just hit it. Just hit it. No, don't hit it. Get rid of it. It's garbage. You know, that's, uh, you're not dealing with the thing. Oh, I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing. I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing. You're not dealing with anything. You're just expressing a vent that nobody wants open. But a wise person quietly holds back. Now, this is very important, and I close with this. Matthew chapter 18, and we're done. Matthew chapter 18, verses 34. Are you guys getting something here this morning? Now, I know this is a little bit more of a teaching. I get that. You know, sometimes I'll preach, and sometimes I'll teach. Today is a, more about a teaching, because I really wanted to make sure that we get this and we understand this, especially in a hot weather like this. Where it's real, you can get easily angered in hot weather like this. I know some of you are like, hurry up, pastor. I'm going to, mama said, knock you out. I'm like, no, 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 don't talk to your mama like that. Just be cool. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34, says, In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister. From where? 
See, anger's not here. Anger's not here. Anger's not here. It's right here. This is where it is. So what the Bible is saying is this. This is, very, this is the burn of my whole message right here. Come to the piano. That when you're dealing with this thing called anger, it's not saying that the person who did that to you or said that about you, that it wasn't true. Or even that it was false, it was gossip. It's not even saying that. What it's saying is you have to cancel it out. It doesn't exist. You don't owe me anything. Because if you don't, by the same judgment you're doing to them, you're going to get judged. See, it's a principle. You always reap what you See, now I know right, right away many of you are going, yeah, that's good. They're going to reap what they sow. You are now sowing in anger the same thing against them that you don't want done to you. Remember, this is a spirit. It's not physical. So if you have in your mind, oh, watch, they're going to get theirs. They're gonna, I can't wait for them to get theirs. Guess what? There's somebody else doing the same thing to you. They can't wait for you to get yours. You reap what you sow. So this is far beyond the respect. This is far beyond the growth. This is far beyond all that. See, the forgiveness is saying that you don't owe me anything. The reasons why is a spiritual reason, a mental reason, and even a physical. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. The spiritual reason alone is because God forgave you. God forgave you. When I was younger... I was on my coach's uh, baseball team, this one coach, for four years, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And we did this after every practice and every game. We would do this. Practice three times a week, had a game on a Saturday, and sometimes another game during the week. So five times, basically five times a week, I did this for four years. Growing up, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Now my coach... My baseball coach, I'll be honest with you, this guy would cuss up a storm. They started saying things in Spanish. I didn't even know they were bad words. I just thought they were regular words. You know, they would split us up between this team and that team, but the names were basically cussing names. I didn't even know that until one day I came home and I said, hey, I was on this team. And my dad goes, what'd you say? That was the team they split us on, the squads. I don't know. He goes, don't you ever say that. Okay. My coach, he was just a cusser. He was just cuss, 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 cuss. My parents liked him because he was the best coach in actually almost all of Northern California. He was really good, very good coach. But after every game and every practice, he would say, okay, let's go, round up, everybody, everybody, circle up, every practice. All right, everybody, hands in, let's go. Ready? And then he would pick a, pick a guy pick somebody say okay you know Eric you lead it off we had a, this guy he was really good he said Eric you lead it off okay Scooter you lead it off every time and you go okay here we go everybody count of three let's go one two three our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name the kingdom come it will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespassers as we forgive those who want to kill us. 
as we forgive those who want to talk about you, as we forgive those who just want to destroy you. Said that every day, almost every day for four years, ingrained in me, ingrained in me. Listen, it's not like what they did to you didn't happen. It happened. But the most famous prayer in all the scripture tells you, forgive your brother. Forgive your sister. You want to be like Christ? Then forgive him. Oh, but pastor, you don't know exactly. I don't know. And I don't know if I'll ever know. But that's why I like that song. And I'll never know how much it cost to see what I trespassed against him upon that cross. I'll never know. Look, your neighbor will never know what somebody did to you when you were younger. I have no idea. Some of you are carrying around a lot of stuff. And it's still, whenever you hear that song, you, you, you have that smell or you see that movie, like, oh, just anger. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, I'm here today to tell you, listen, don't let anger get the best of your life. I just want to do this to her. I just want to do this to him. It's not exactly the right choice to do. Don't repay evil with evil, but actually repay evil with good. For those of you that have been in a spirit of anger, maybe some of you, you deal with this anger every day just because somebody didn't do something the way that you wanted it. Ah, oh, see, I knew it. So some of you have to deal with this every day, and some of you, you only have to deal with this maybe every so often. But when it is time to be dealt with, you want to be sober-minded, what Peter said. Be sober-minded. Make the right decision soberly. Anger can get you just as drunk as alcohol. Did you know that? It's another time for another day, but I'll talk about that. Anger can get you just as drunk. Drunk with madness, as they say. Ah, ah, you're not making the right decision. Today, right here, right now, Victory Outreach Heart, it comes from the heart. Deal with it in the heart. And watch what God is going to be able to bless you with. Stand with me here this morning.